Quick little story. Eight women were having a problem at a conference. All of them had become observant, and all of their husbands were unhappy. So they wanted to know what they can do. When I walked into the room, they were all giving each other advice. Tell him this, tell him that. Refuse, punish him, bribe him. I said, what is the problem? They said, our husbands don't want to be religious. I said, break it down for me. You came home one day and told your husband that you're never going to shop again on Shabbos. And he's upset? I don't think so. You came home and you said, we need another set of dishes. He's going to divorce you over a set of dishes? I don't think so. You came home and said, I'm not watching television on Shabbos. This is a crisis? Let me tell you what is upsetting your husband. It's not that you want to keep Shabbos or you want to keep kosher. What's upsetting your husband is you came home and you said, we have to. We have to have another set of dishes. And he thinks we don't have to. Ask me nicely, I'll buy you a set of dishes. But don't tell me we have to. So he's a little bit offended. That's the problem. No, that's not really the problem. The real problem is you came home inspired and happy and it wasn't about him. <laughs> he's jealous. You're never that excited about him. That's not really the problem. Let me tell you the real problem. <laughs> the real problem is you came home and said, we have to get another set of dishes. God said. We have to keep Shabbos, God said. Get your own bed, God said. And that would all be okay, except that he's thinking, what's next? What if God tells you to dump me altogether? Then I'm out of the picture. This is scary. What happens if God tells you to dump your husband? Let's take a look at a precedent in Torah. God tells Avraham to sacrifice his son. What does Avraham do? He gets up early in the morning and with joy and happiness sets out to fulfill God's instructions. From this we learn that if God tells you to dump your husband, you should get up early in the morning <laughs> without any delay and with a glad heart. But wait, there's another precedent. God tells Moshe, I've had it with these people. I'm finished with, I'm dumping them. What does Moshe say? Moshe says, if you dump them, dump me too. Because I go where they go. Was God upset with that? The people are giving God a hard time. They don't listen. They rebel. So he tells Moshe how upset he is. And Moshe says, well, if they go, I go. Was God angry with him? 
Or is that exactly what God wanted to hear? And did he forgive the people because they had a leader that understood what the word mine means? You are mine. They are my people. How can they go down and I stay here? Where they go, I go. So if God comes to you and says, your husband is not a good man, I don't like him, dump him. Well, if God says dump, you got to dump. But then you go with him. Because he's yours. There's nothing more powerful in the world than the idea of mine. You're mine. And what that means is, you are everything I need. What you have is what I need. And whatever you don't have, I don't need. You're mine. When you say to a child, you're a great guy. Whoa, you're so good at this or at that. They don't like it. Complimenting children makes them uncomfortable under the surface. Because it sounds like a condition. You better be great. You better be the best. You better be adorable. But if you say, you're mine, my child. Remember in the olden days, people used to speak like this? Mein Kind, my wife. We stop doing that. Don't, don't say to your 11-year-old kid, how you doing, big guy? What's big guy? Who are you talking about? In Yiddish, if you remember, you never asked a child, who are you? What's your name? When you meet a child, you ask, Vemens bistu? Whose child are you? That is such a powerful thing. To unite the family, whether we're talking about the nuclear family or the family of Jews, mine. You are mine. That is the most powerful thing in the world. The second thing is inspire. We want to be good parents. We have all the right intentions. But something is going wrong in modern times in that we start to live our children's lives. We're busy taking them here, taking them there, giving them these lessons, those lessons. The child is more busy than we are. They're keeping us busy. We are living vicariously through their life. They have a life. We just drive them to it. <laughs> We're their means of transportation. Not good. We should inspire our children to keep up with us. We have to have a life worth living. We have to have a life that is an inspired life that will inspire our children to try to keep up with us. We show them the way. We don't follow them. They want to grow up to be like daddy. They want to grow up to be like mommy. Why? Because mommy and daddy have a life. That's inspiring. So instead of following our children around, we have to lead. Come home with an inspiration and share it with your children. 
expect them to rise to a higher and better level of existence. And finally, discover. Raising children, interesting expression, you raise corn. What does raising children mean? Life is made up of pleasures. A child at a very young age experiences only one pleasure, touch or taste. Our job in raising children is to raise them to the next higher level of pleasure, a more able, a more refined pleasure. That's called making a mensch out of your child. What is a mensch? It always drive me, drove me crazy as a kid. Put away your things, be a mensch. Oh, that's what a mensch is. Puts away his things. Say hello when a person walks in. Be a mensch. I could never figure out what a mensch is. A mensch is a person whose pleasure is more refined. So here are the steps. A child's pleasure is taste and touch. That's the lowest level. You want to elevate your child to a higher level of pleasure. The, high, the next level is the pleasure of music, sound. You teach children tunes. You teach them to sing. You sing with them. Why is that? First of all, because they love it. But secondly, because it is the next step up. After taste and touch, there's sound. If they learn to sing on tune, if they enjoy a rhythm, you've elevated their level of pleasure. And maybe that's why we sing at the table on Shabbos, Yantif. What, we just sit here and eat? We're going to sing. We're going to enjoy a higher level, a more able, a more elegant level of pleasure. After that, you raise a child to the next level, and that is good qualities. You read to a child, not Winnie the Pooh, you read to a child a story of a person who is very noble, somebody did something incredibly good, incredibly kind, and the child gets goosebumps. He has developed a pleasure in good character, in chesed, in devotion, in strength of character. That's the next level up. Now when he's away in yeshiva, he goes up to the next level. The pleasure of intelligence. The pleasure of understanding something thoroughly. The pleasure of learning something new. The pleasure of the brain. And finally, ideally, the next level up is the pleasure of godliness. The pleasure of feeling I am serving God. What they all have in common is that they move upwards. What they all have in common is that they are pleasure. The difference is different degrees of edelkeit. They're more and more refined pleasures. That's a mensch. 
Now, there are two things that every human being in the world is jealous of. Two things that are irresistible to children and adults alike, to Jew and non-Jew alike. These two things are pleasure and edelkeit. Somebody comes to your house and sees the edelkeit with which you speak to each other, the edelkeit with which children treat their parents. I remember a guy came to my house and I said to my, to my 11-year-old, can you bring some? He goes off to do it and this guest said to me, how'd you do that? I said, do what? He says, you asked him to go and he went. This doesn't happen. They give you an argument or make faces. Do I have to? If a person comes and sees an edelkeit, they want it. They want it. Person sees that you have pleasure, they want it. The child who sees you respecting your parents sees you doing something refined and edel and you're having pleasure doing it, you have a healthy family. We have a Sunday night program for VIPs that you might be interested in. It's informal, it's questions and answers, it's conversation. It's really relaxed, it's really pleasant, enjoyable informative, and uh, kind of community-like. It's a Sunday night program. There's a um, Wednesday morning program for the VIPs, and there's a Wednesday night program. All of it, just conversation, casual, laid-back, unscripted. So join us. Take a look. Click uh, the link below and see which which of the three suits you best, and join us for some enjoyable conversation.